50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. I am. I cannot wait till we get to the scene where Chris is giving Kim a list of potential celebrities she thinks she should date. Peak reality TV. We will get there, obviously, but in case anybody wasn't watching, there is a scene where obviously Kim is single and Chris is going through giving her a list and A-Rod is one of the people mentioned on that list. It's so funny because... Obviously, she had just come off a breakup with Reggie, who is very, very famous at the time. But there was still something about Chris listing all of these famous male celebrities that Kim could potentially date that was like, oh, wow, you guys are famous, famous now. Well, also, I do think that there's something different dating an athlete versus dating somebody in the industry, not in terms of fame level, but just in terms of similarities in their careers. Right, exactly. So just to set the scene, we're starting out at Chloe and Lamar's house and the kind of subplot of this entire episode, or it was one of the main plots, but the less interesting one was the fact that the entire family is really kind of hounding Chloe for Lakers tickets, obviously now that she's married to Lamar. And so this is our first introduction to that because they're all kind of individually sucking up to her. And it's very funny to watch knowing that her trajectory of dating basketball players never really stopped. I have to be honest with you. Hmm. It's so much harder for me to watch these seasons with Chloe and Lamar than it was for me to watch Scott when he was at his worst. Yeah, I agree with you. It hurts more, you mean? Oh my God, it's like torturous. I know, because at least when you look at Courtney and Scott, you see that Courtney has her happy ending and Scott seems to be in a better place. He's getting there. He's still so involved within the family. Whereas Chloe, especially recently, she's just in a shitty situation and it's so upsetting because you really see in these seasons like how devoted of a partner she is. And how great her and Lamar were together. I mean, I I think I forgot because it's been a while since I've watched them together. But when they were at their best, this was her soulmate. I'll never like not die on that hill. And I don't think they should be together now. But watching these old episodes of them together and the way they interacted and the way he just got her. And this was like, I just want this for her so badly. But like part of me, again, not in its current state and not with what Lamar did to her. But there's a part of me that still holds on to that. Yeah, I would be lying if I said to you that watching these episodes, like this season specifically, I know we're only on episode two and three, that that thought didn't cross my mind. It does. And then I obviously snap back into reality of like, absolutely not. She went through hell with him. There's no way. And I definitely think it's the right decision. It's just that we have yet to see Chloe in a relationship recently where it's been as seamless as it was back then. And I know this isn't a fair representation of what their relationship was like in general, but God, it's so easy to get sucked in momentarily. I know. Again, I would never want it now. I just wish things had played out so unbelievably differently. I texted Isabel that today and I was like, I would do anything for Lamar to have just stayed this version of Lamar and for them to still be married and together. 
I know the flip side of that though is obviously she has true, which was meant to happen and is such a blessing in her life. And it's like, you almost wish that the two could happen simultaneously, which is clearly impossible, but just in terms of creating these false scenarios. I know. Okay. So the first real scene, which is really just phenomenal and so classic keeping up is Kim, Chloe, and Courtney going into on air with Ryan Seacrest for an interview. And keep in mind, obviously Ryan is an executive producer of the show. So already they're super comfortable with him. And Ryan's kind of asking them each individually what they think their life is going to look like in a year. Chloe says she's going to be pregnant. Courtney says she'll probably have a second baby. And Ryan then asks Kim about being single. And Chloe kind of chimes in saying that every guy asks Kim out, but she's really not that interested and it's kind of hard. And so Ryan asked her, what about NBA players? And she's like, no, they're way too tall for me. It's just not my style. Chloe goes, that's another thing. She doesn't want too tall of a guy. Kim's list is, and Ryan goes, it's impossible. Chloe's like, yeah, there's maybe two guys in the entire world. And Ryan goes, but she does that on purpose. She makes the list impossible on purpose. Her saying that she doesn't want a tall guy It's funny when I think about this in terms of like Chris Humphreys and Kanye, everything she described in terms of what she wanted was the opposite of what Chris Humphreys was. And again, we've spoken about this, how like we so understand the trajectory of how her and Chris Humphreys happened in terms of like Courtney had a baby, Chloe was married, Kim was really craving that in her life and felt like she was on a very specific timetable that she had to achieve these things by. So of course it sped up her timeline in terms of being with the wrong person. But in terms of what she was describing that she wanted in a guy, I can't even believe her and Chris Humphreys dated in the first place. Well, it's funny because anybody who knows anything about this family clearly knows that Kim and Chris was destined for failure and it was never going to work for so many reasons. But enlisting those reasons as to why they weren't compatible, him not being her type was not something I would have said. And I know she's mentioned you know, over the years briefly not being into super tall guys. But I guess for me, I'm projecting because that's like a a foreign concept, a guy being too tall. So when she said it here, it really rocked me for a second. (laughs) It's so funny thinking about the fact that if Chris Humphreys wasn't physically her type, then what she saw in him was personality. Right. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. And that's also the concept that I can't wrap my head around. Like on both ends, one, the tall thing, how she could not be into that. And second of all, what was redeeming about the way he treated her? absolutely nothing. Yeah. In general, if I was choosing like one of the main qualities for whoever Kim dates next, it would be somebody who really celebrates her. Like that's one thing about Kanye. He really, really celebrated her even when he was actively trying to, you know, refine her style a little bit, which I think are things that she's very thankful for now. He was never not in celebration of like the person that she was and the icon that he believed she was and she ended up being. And so, I mean, you know, I'm not at all team Kanye. I think the divorce is the best thing that's ever happened. But that one quality of his is so important in the next person she dates, in my opinion. At the time, specifically this time, in terms of what Kim is describing that she wants, Kanye fits that build. What she's describing in terms of like a successful guy understands what her lifestyle would be, not too tall. Like that's Kanye. Kanye was really perfect for her. What their relationship and their marriage turned into is obviously it's for the best that they've gotten divorced. But I do think that like they made absolutely 100% perfect sense together at the time and when they got together. Yeah. I mean, listen, later on in this episode, which is a scene we were talking about in the beginning and we'll get to it, she briefly mentions not wanting someone in the industry, like wanting a quote regular guy. And I think she quickly realizes that that wasn't going to work for her because they wouldn't understand the lifestyle. So 
even if they weren't famous and maybe she wasn't thinking as famous as Kanye was, I would say he's one of the most famous celebrities in the world. I think at the very least, she would have come to the realization that she needed someone fame adjacent because your quote average person would have been so overwhelmed with that level of fame, even back then, because this is when it was really taking off. Right, exactly. One quick thing that I just want to mention from the next scene, this is when they're at Kim's house and she thinks that, you know, they're going to have a sister night and Chloe has a date with Lamar. Courtney has a date with Scott and Courtney kind of joking says like, you can stay with Mason. Obviously this is a filler throwaway scene, but I think that this is a perfect representation of the types of events that led to the Chris situation because she was sick of this. You know, she was never, ever, ever thinking that she was going to be the one in the situation that would be alone on a night when her sisters were on dates. Like that was just not a reality that Kim was willing to live. And so she had to create one that was the exact opposite of that, even if it was kind of at the expense of her happiness. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so... I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it a little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Okay, so this is the scene we were talking about. We're at Kim's house. Mario's doing her makeup and Chris comes over and she's like, listen, I'm just trying to find you a boyfriend. And she goes down a list. She starts, how about Gerard Butler? Kim goes, how about Barf? You know what that sounds like? What? Like on Hannah Montana when Jackson <laughs> would say something and Lily would respond like. 
That is so true. Like that was such a, like a teen line. You're a hundred percent right. That was very Disney channel. Yeah. And Kim in her confessional says, my mom has made it her mission to find me a boyfriend, which is so pathetic. I don't need help. Chris goes, Luke Wilson's pretty cute. No. Kim goes, absolutely not. Chris goes, what about A-Rod? Kim's response, I feel like everyone's boned him. True. Yes. But could you imagine, like think about through Kim's entire career, JLo has been one of the people that she has looked up to the absolute most. She's spoken about it for forever. Imagine if she knew back then that later on JLo would be engaged to him. Obviously that didn't work out, but it's just like crazy how these names are mentioned. And then you think about what happened to them since that. No, it is crazy. I mean, first of all, I felt like she was a little hard on Gerard Butler, but I also think that Chris could have brought better names to the table. Well, these guys just aren't really her type. You know, it was very hard to nail down what her type was when she was talking about this. Well, yeah, because her dating history was kind of all over the place. Whereas if you look, I was going to say, I was about to say, if you look at Courtney and then I was like, I cannot name you one other person other than Scott, like at this time. There is no one to really look at. I know that Travis is just like a soul connection thing that just happened, but I kind of do feel like this is getting her in touch with the side that she is really into. Like, I bet you going forward, she finds tattooed men more attractive than she maybe ever has. I don't think it's just specific to Travis. I feel like he opened her eyes to a genre of men that she hadn't even really considered. If I was Travis, I'd be nervous letting Courtney hang out with Kim and Pete for too long. Also, as a side, just back to the A-Rod thing, I think it's funny that even back then, he kind of had that reputation, which we know. But you know that contrasted with the fact that one of the factors that led to his split with J-Lo was him DMing Madison LaCroix from Southern Charm. Like This tracks based on what was said in this one interaction from Keeping Up with Kardashians season five. Yeah, no. A-Rod boning everybody was definitely not any sort of secret. No. Chris goes, Ryan Phillippe. Kim goes, I don't really want to date someone in the industry. Like I'm over it. I really don't. I want a normal person. I don't know. Maybe I should try to find a nice Armenian guy like my dad. (laughs) Chris is like, I'm on it. I was thinking with this episode specifically in terms of just the trajectory of all of their dating lives, Chris really does place a very high level of importance on them being in relationships and dating. I was thinking about this so much, Julie, while I was watching this episode, and I want to ask you the question that was going through my mind, which was, is it the fact that she really is upset by them being single because in general, that's you know her view and potentially maybe an antiquated view that a single woman, there's something wrong with, and she finds a lot of security from being in a relationship with a man? Like, Is that p- part of what it is? Or is she looking at it from a career perspective, meaning listen, it's only good for Kim's publicity if she's dating somebody that's also famous, which is why maybe she was willing to you know, set her up with these non-famous guys just to appease her. But really she knew that it was going to lead to her dating someone very famous who would create a lot of buzz around them. What do you think was the root of her having such a problem with the being single thing? Or do you think it was a combination of both? I think it's less the fame thing. And I think it's more kind of the overbearing mom thing. Don't you think there's a lot of overbearing moms that are overbearing in other ways than just like finding such issue with their child being single? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it it varies across the board. I just think one of those areas happens to be that like a lot of 
mom's exhibit is placing importance on their daughters being in relationships, specifically their daughters. I mean, listen, like Jewish moms were very used to growing up with that kind of a culture. We know what that's like. And like, I don't think that the importance that Chris placed on this had any sort of tone of being forcibly antiquated or like any sort of kind of a misogynistic viewpoint of like, you have to be with a man or you have to be in a relationship and be happy in order to have that kind of fulfillment in your life. I just think that's kind of how Chris grew up and that's how Chris was kind of taught. And therefore she passed that on to her girls. I don't think there was any sort of harm that was intended. And I think that Chris is kind of the type of woman where if you had expressed that to her and you kind of said, you know, the importance that you place on relationships could be harmful. She would be shocked to hear it explained to her like that. Right. And I think that I agree with everything you just said. I just also think the fame element can't be ignored because I really think, I mean, I know this is separate and part of this was just a plot line for a filler almost for the show, but look at the way that they're all reacting in this episode, Chris specifically to the perks of Chloe being married to a Lakers player. I don't know. I think there's a part of her that really felt that the family trajectory could be seriously fast-tracked if she got in a relationship that was like a, a Hollywood, you know, paparazzi storm. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think the fame element plays a role in terms of who she wants Kim to date. I think that if they weren't famous at all and Kim was single at this time, she would still be bugging her about dating. That's what I think it comes down to. Right, which I think that that's fair and true. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com the place to find a place. So next scene, Kim and Chloe are at laser hair removal and they're just talking about Chris setting Kim up on dates. By the way, this must have been before the Sev laser days. Must have been, yeah. So the technician asks Kim what she's looking for. By the way, I love when 
a person in the show, whether it's a doctor or a manicurist or a makeup artist, furthers along the plot line with really pointed questions. Me too. And Kim goes, I'm looking for someone that has a six pack, has a full head of hair. They cannot be balding in the least. (laughs) And Chloe goes, she really only cares about looks. And in her confessional, Chloe says, Kim's standards are ridiculous. Fabulous body, beautiful back and arms. And yeah, Kim is very into appearances. I don't think Kim's standards are that ridiculous. I honestly don't think so either, but I do think it's interesting how, based on just strictly this description, like Kanye fits none of that in terms of like, he factually didn't have a six pack at the time and he factually was bald at the time, which clearly just goes to show, I think the evolution in her desires was very real because she really got more in touch with like who the person was and the way that they made her feel and just, I don't know, choosing somebody for quote, the right reasons. Right. Which, which makes sense. And that comes with growing up for sure. Yeah. But I don't think, I mean, listen, let's be honest still now, of course, what I'm saying at the time specifically, like Kim was so desired. She could have anybody she wanted. So why not, you know, get the exact type of guy that you're looking for? Like, yes, I obviously agree that what's inside matters most, but let's be real. Like physical attractiveness is a very real thing and you're never, it's never even going to start if you're not into the person. If I was Kim Kardashian, even then, or especially then, honestly, I would not lower my standards for anybody. No, absolutely not. Nor should she have, nor should she now. Also her standards, again, like I said before, like they weren't that ridiculous. Like she is Kim Kardashian. If she wants a guy with a full head of hair and like an amazing body, that's what she deserves. Yeah. It's just so interesting because if I was listing the qualities that I would want in a guy physically, six pack would not even be in my top 20. And I would probably specifically not desire that if I was choosing, like I'd be fine with it, but it's nowhere near something that I'd want. I completely agree with you, but I think that's also a reflection of time changing. And like the same way that we talk about the beauty standards, quote unquote, for women and the way they've evolved and changed over time. I also think that's totally the case with men as well. And like wanting a guy with like a perfect six pack was such a 2010 thing. Whereas I think in 2021, a lot of women would say that they wouldn't want that anymore. Yeah. I think that that is true. I mean, it's it's so personal, but there's definitely something societal about it. I don't know. I said this to you earlier today, or no, I said this to you when we were in the Uber on the way back from the Sex and the City thing, and I was like scrolling through. I was like, my type is literally just six two or above. That's that's, that's it. That is your type. What's your type? We had a literal like <laughs> forty minute discussion about this while we were walking the other day. You know exactly what my type is. No, that's the only reason I said it. Just because you don't understand to get information out of Julie, not because she doesn't want to say it, but like it's it's so difficult. And when I have her on a walk, it's the best because I just have you trapped. And so I literally made her outline what she would put as her like ideal dating profile of a guy. So everything. So from like where he works to what his pictures are in terms of like what vibe he kind of curates. And it was such a fun activity that I highly recommend doing with your friends. The best part, like if I had to describe myself in one way in terms of how I am with information is that you started off the question by being like, okay, a guy likes you on an app. Like, what does his profile look like? I'm like, well, for starters, it wouldn't be on an app. You're like, can you just play the fucking game? <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm just trying to create a scenario here and you are being so goddamn annoying. <laughs> I know. I sometimes wonder what the people like behind us and in front of us must think when in those exact situations when like, <laughs> I'm so annoyed because you won't go by the imaginary rules of the game that I just created. 
No, it's not that I won't go by them. It's that like I have to question all of them. And you're like, I just made up a game. Like there aren't real rules. Like you don't have to challenge my rules. Just like say what I'm saying. Okay, but that is your personality. That's why I said to you in the middle of this, I was like, I cannot imagine what your mom went through when you were like six. I don't know. I was a good kid. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. So next scene there at Dash, and this is also, you know, just kind of furthering along the storyline of how everybody's sucking up to Chloe for the Lakers tickets. And so she's saying that anytime something goes wrong in the shop, like whether it's a light bulb or something with the electrical stuff, Caitlin comes over and fixes it immediately. And so something happened, Caitlin came over and while she's there, Chris also comes over to bring Chloe a bag. And like, they're just both so clearly bribing Chloe, which 
obviously it was dramatized for the show, but like I said earlier, I really do think that they were still early enough on in their fame and in who they were dating and their connections that like having this continued access to courtside Lakers was still exciting for them at the time. Oh, it absolutely was. I mean, case in point, the fact that they had to harass Chloe for tickets instead of just getting them themselves. It would never be an issue nowadays. Right, right. So next scene, Chris is at the car dealership and the guys who own it are friends of hers. They're both Armenian. So Chris is kind of just picking their brain to see if they know anyone for Kim. And Courtney's there. They're in Glendale because there's a high Armenian population there. And Chris is going to different places, asking random people if they know any single Armenian men for Kim. And Chris goes, hey, Mason, this is the land of your people. And Courtney goes, this is not the land. This is Glendale, which as I'm saying it, you probably are realizing that that has become such a viral TikTok sound. I have to know if at the time that was said, they took that line away with any sort of importance because it was just a throwaway line. And then it like snowballed very recently into like one of the most used sounds on TikTok. There's absolutely no way that up until a year ago or whenever it started that they had any understanding that it was going to be viral. Because think about it, we didn't. It was such a throwaway comment. You know, what's funny up until recently, not in this episode, but up until like a couple of I would say a couple of months ago, I forgot the context that this line was set in. And I was always trying to figure out like, what about Glendale? Did Chris think that this was like the land of her people? And I forgot about the Armenian population there. I did also because I remembered that Chris wanted to set Kim up, but I I guess because in my mind, I still, like I was saying earlier, I still feel like her goal is somebody who was equally, if not more famous, that I don't think I ever thought of the fact that she wanted to set her up with just like a quote, regular person. And that's why I didn't make the connection. Obviously watching it now, I realize. Hearing the lines that have become TikTok sounds, specifically Courtney's, has been one of my favorite parts of rewatching these episodes. It makes the whole process so fun because you feel like you're finding treasure. (laughs) Yeah. I know. It's like a very unforeseen benefit of doing the rewatch. And I'm so thankful for it. That's what I was saying last week, how everybody who, you know, makes these videos on TikTok or uses the sounds would love doing the rewatch because it's it's basically that but on crack. Right, exactly. So next scene, we're at Chloe and Lamar's house and it's Chloe, Rob, and Malika by the pool. And Chloe basically decides that she's going to go with Malika and she's allowing Rob to come with a plus one. And so they have this little back and forth, but to, you know, watching this back, you realize that I don't want to say Rob was so full of himself because it didn't, to me, come across as cocky, but he was very confident in a way that as I'm watching it now, clearly I'm attracted to it, but also it makes me realize at the time why I was so attracted to him because it wasn't just a looks thing. Of course there was that. It was like something that he exuded. And as I'm watching this particular scene, I was like, that's what it was. It was everything I know. I have to tell you, I love Chloe, Malika, and Rob as a combo. There is no better combo to me than Chloe, Lamar, and Rob. Yeah, because they had such a genuine friendship. Like he really felt like I finally have a brother. That's also a piece of it that's so hard in terms of the Lamar element because to lose the Lamar and Rob friendship was just heartbreaking as well. I know. And also, I know that I'm talking about it you know, from this perspective of it being such a blessing for Rob, but also Lamar was an only child. And so he was in general, so happy to be married into this family that was so big. And there were constantly, you know, so many brothers and sisters around, but also 
than to have Rob. It didn't just give him the comfort of a large family. It also gave him literally a live-in brother because he was living with them. That was one of the biggest differences between Scott and Lamar at the time too, where Lamar didn't have any siblings and being part of this huge family was something that was so important to him and he embraced it almost immediately. Whereas Scott's biggest point of contention in his relationship with Courtney was how big her family was. I know, but it really just goes to show you how it all stemmed from the fact that he didn't feel accepted by them or like knew that they didn't like him. Because now I think he would say that the family being so big is one of the greatest blessings because he feels like he always has someone to talk to or to go to. And obviously it's so great for his kids. Like it was totally a direct reaction to the way that he knew that they viewed him. And then also there's like the only child thing, which I understand where it's like, you want to do what you want to do on your own time. And all of a sudden there's all these other people to consider. Oh, absolutely. Well, I was going to say that his relationship with the family also was a result of Scott growing up and maturing and growing past the selfishness of being an only child. Yeah, of course. And I say that as an only child, just in general, there are less people that you have to think about when you're growing up in terms of like decisions you make in your daily day-to-day life because you grew up in a house with just your parents typically. Right. So next scene, we're at Chris's house and Kim comes over. And this is when Chris says to her that she went to the Platinum guys from the car shop and they have a great guy to set Kim up with. She then breaks the news. She never met him. And it's entirely a blind date to everyone involved, which like at first glance is not something Kim is immediately down for. But I have to say out of all of them, I feel like she would handle a blind date the best. Yeah, she's kind of a natural in that position. Like Courtney, I feel like would be probably worst case scenario for that. But Courtney wouldn't even go. Yeah, true. (laughs) Next scene, just brief mention. This is also when they're at Chloe and Lamar's house and Chris is still really trying to convince Chloe for the tickets. And so when Chloe breaks it to her that she basically gave them to Rob and a plus one, Chris is furious. She storms out. I was so uninterested with this storyline because I was so focused on the Kim one. I know. And also, Chloe was 100% wrong here. Rob should never have gotten to take a plus one. No, it was such a, like, what a ridiculous idea that was. It's so stupid. But I mean, you know what's funny about Chloe? And I think we said this the last episode, like she has such an ability to present things in a way where you like almost believe her. And when she brings up the idea of Rob bringing a plus one, she's like, perfect. Now, like nobody gets the ticket. It's completely fair. Like, that was not fair. I know, but for a minute, I was like, you know what? You are so right because she's so convincing. I know. Maybe she should go to law school too. (laughs) So next scene, they're at Kim's house and it's Courtney and Kim and they're kind of just talking about this guy that Chris is setting her up with on a blind date and they call the guy. This was so funny because they're going back and forth between Kim and Courtney talking to him and he has no idea because their voices, if you're somebody that doesn't know, they really do sound very similar. Like to us, they don't at all. But if I had no idea, I would never be able to tell. No, never. And she asked where he's initially from. And he says, Jersey. And she goes, do you know anyone from the Jersey Shore? Like Snooki? Hearing Kim say Snooki did something to me and I'm not sure why. (laughs) No, I was thinking about that as I was watching. I was like, we have to post that as like a three second clip for when we promote this episode on our story. Because I didn't know that there was a world where that happened. I don't even remember her saying Snooki. I don't even remember her knowing who Snooki was at the time. I also didn't even know that she knew who Snooki was now. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. 
<laughs> so they're just kind of talking and she's getting warmed up to the idea. And he presents the idea of going to Carousel, which is an Armenian restaurant that her dad loved. They used to go all the time. So automatically she, I think, feels a connection to it. And listen, I know this whole thing was set up for a storyline on the show, but I do think there was probably a part of her throughout these years, or at least at this time, that wondered, like, am I going to end up with an Armenian guy? Is there a part of me that feels like that's honoring my dad in a way? Like, I don't know, these different thoughts kind of go through your mind. Yeah, especially for Kim, who was so close with her dad. I mean, they all were, but like, saw such positive traits in him as a father and a husband. It's so natural that there would be a part of her that would want to seek that out as well, or at least think about, you know, maybe following in that in that path. So next scene, they're at Chloe's house. And this is when they have a very full house type ending where they decide, you know what? We'll all just stay in and watch the game. It's the fair thing to do. It's like, in theory, who knows if this was real or not, but it's so ridiculous that like that much thought had to go into it where they couldn't have just chosen three people at random. Yeah, no, ridiculous. I mean, also 100% ridiculous that now Chloe has to miss out on going to see Lamar in the playoffs. I know. (laughs) That's what I'm saying though. Like now... Obviously, I mean, things would be totally different, but this idea of being courtside at a basketball game would not be nearly something to divide them because any one of them could do it in a second. If you were Chloe, who would you have taken to the game? I would have taken Rob and Caitlin. That's what I was going to say, Rob, Malik, and Caitlin. Yeah, because I genuinely think, like at the time, they were the two that would have appreciated the most, where I think Chris just wanted to go for the idea of it being like, a fame type of situation where Caitlin and Raw were both so into basketball. Chris was heavy clout chasing here. Heavy, and she had no shame in it. No, none. And that's what we've always loved about Chris. But, you know, I mean, listen, you could make an argument for taking Chris over Malika in terms of just like, that's what you do for your mom. But I definitely think that Caitlin and Rob were deserving of those tickets. Absolutely. Okay, so Kim goes on this date at Carousel. The guy's a sweetheart. Clearly, you know, sparks aren't flying, but I do think that it was good for her. If for nothing else, like clearly this was for the plot line. If for nothing else, it was fun for us to watch her on a date with like an average show. Also a relatable moment where Kim goes on a date and then gives herself the confidence to be like, okay, dating's not that bad. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> we have those moments so much with her. Like, do you know who you are? I know. It's like, but that's why the show worked at the time because you find those moments of relatability amidst all of the chaos. And then you're like, oh, they're just like us. And then you zone in and out into those moments of like, no, they're literally not at all. I know. I mean, even I think we were talking about this like last year or something on one of the more recent episodes when Kim posted something and she's like, okay, I really want to break my likes record. Like my last one was 2 million or whatever it was. I'm just making that up. And obviously, anybody that's watching that for the most part, their likes are not in the millions, but there is that feeling of like immediately posting an Instagram and wanting to see if it's quote doing well, you know? And like you take that moment and you obviously scale it down, but it does exist in some capacity. It's the relatability and the completely unrelatable, even just in terms of their family dynamic. Obviously nothing about the way they operated was relatable, but when you have sibling fights and parent fights and your parents are doing certain things like you find those moments of like oh wow like they really on some level when you tear away all of the layers do have something that every single person can weirdly relate to yeah and like i said i would argue they still do on on some levels like okay 
Great example. Most recently, Kim getting mad at North for going live. No, most people are not getting mad at their kids for going live because if they're going live, they're maybe going live to two people, whereas she knows that it's North and it's going to millions and millions. But think about kid gets access to the phone for the first time and they put something up that the parent doesn't want up or they're using it in a way that the parent's not thrilled with. Like those are, you know, very quote, normal problems, obviously just taken to a far higher level. You know what I was going to say was one of the most relatable moments in recent Kardashians? When you watched Penelope's TikTok and saw that she was using like basically Bath and Body Works? Yes, but no. I was going to say in the episode where Addison comes over for lunch and Kendall does that thing where she like slightly pulls on Scott's sweater to like get his attention. To me, that was like the most relatable human moment in history. Even though it was Addison Ray, and even though it was Kendall pulling on Scott, it was still such a relatable moment of like slyly getting someone's attention. Right. And that's, I'm going to take it a step further. It's not just Kendall. It's not just Scott. It's not just Addison. And obviously it's not just the fact that that whole thing was being set up for the purpose of a reality show. It was also like that moment happened in the backdrop of one of the most expensive properties in all of Malibu. But in the moment, that's not what you're thinking about. You're just thinking about that one little nonverbal cue that you like felt a connection to. And that is why the show works. Like that's a small little example. You're so right. So the episode concludes with them all going to Chloe's house. They're watching the Laker game together. And another kind of full house moment, Kim says to Chris, you know what? I'm glad that you made me do this. It's good for me to get out there. And it was kind of like a mama knows best type situation, but it was sweet. What a beautiful ending. They always do that though, for the most part. And I like that. I like to feel complete when I finish an episode. Can you believe that these were only 22 minutes, like no commercials? I kind of miss it. I don't miss it. I take it back. I I don't miss it. I I completely changed my answer. I only miss it in terms of the fact that I'm the one that has to transcribe them. So it's so much more enjoyable for me in this position to be watching a 20-minute episode versus a 45-minute episode. Yeah. And also like forgetting about if we had a podcast or not, there's also something to be said for like watching them all at once or being able to go back and watch them as you please. Whereas if they were coming out weekly as they were at the time, we would have been really frustrated. Like now we would be frustrated with 30 minutes if you're only getting one a week. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, anything else you want to mention about anything? I think that's it. I think that's it too. Well, we love you guys. Isabel and I will see you later this week for Bravo. And I think that's all. I don't know. That was really fun. I had the best time. (laughs) I always have the best time. (laughs) Okay, love you guys. <laughs>